This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to the Capness HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Capness, and welcome to episode one. Today is a guest. We are honored to have Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Dr. Miles, are you ready to be great today? I'm ready. I'm ready to be great. Dr. Miles has an impressive background. He's an entrepreneur, award-winning researcher, award-winning professor, statistician, legal expert witness, and best-selling author. Dr. Miles is a nationally known expert in the fields of entrepreneurship and marketing. He's a startup and marketing expert. He is also CEO and founder of Miles Development Industries Corporation, a consulting practice and venture capital acquisition firm, and he has 10 years' experience consulting startups. He is also a nationally known startup and marketing expert in the media. He has been featured on nationally syndicated shows such as Forbes, CBS News, NBC News, Fox News, Money Matters with Chris Hensley, The Erg Hop Show, and The Michael Dresser Show. Dr. Miles, that's quite impressive, but I know I probably left a few things out, so would you like to fill in the gaps for us and tell us what you're working on right now? Yes, uh, working on a major deal in a foreign country by doing some economic development and possibly working on a $220 million contract. So we're trying to finalize the details. Life is good right now, so I feel blessed. That's good to hear. So for the startup consulting you do, how does a, like, a startup find you to get your advice? Okay, a lot of my business now has been basically referral basis. People that I have, I've networked with that are in somewhat similar industries, I get a lot of I get a lot of uh, referrals through startups for people that are starting from zero, and also get a lot of referrals from people that have a business that's failing. So I kind of do both, and because my network has been has increased because of my book that came out a few years ago. I've been able to get people to network with on my website, mdicorpventures.com. And that's how I've been picking up a lot of our clients. And also, I have a really interesting client base. My client base are professional athletes and lottery winners. So I'm a business advisor to them, and I protect my clients against uh, business scams and those type of things. Okay. And what's the name of your book, and how do people find it? Sure. My book is called Risk Factors and Business Models, The Five Forces of Entrepreneurial Risk. And they can find my book on Amazon.com. They can find my book on BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, you can actually go to my website. I have a link to it, uh, MDICorpVentures.com. And that's about three or four ways you can find my book. Okay. So, yeah, it's on Amazon. Sure. And my book is also, we also offer a hard copy version now. But at first, I only had a paperback. Now, I have a hard copy version. Okay. Dr. Moe, where are you actually located at? I've been in San Antonio, Texas, which is about 200 miles from Houston. About 800 miles from Dallas. I know. I don't know if you're in a town of Kerrville, but I was born in Kerrville, and I still got family in that area. So I'll go try to go to like one uh, city. Yes, absolutely. Kerrville, I forgot how many miles it's not. So Kerrville is like, you know, family to us. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I try to make it a once a year because San Antonio is a great city. Yeah, you can get fat on the Mexican food here. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Dr. Miles. Talk to us about a time that you were successful and what you learned from that success and what our listeners can learn from that success. Well, what I was successful at was building my consulting practice and writing my book. 
And Jason, let me say this to you, and I'll, you know, I'll try to uh, be brief on what I, you know, share with the audience. One of the things I had to learn was I had to be selfish sometimes. And what I mean by selfish is I had to filter out all the distractions that stopped me from doing my business. Sometimes, and I know it's probably hard when you have children, but sometimes when you want to be successful, you have to be selfish. And I don't mean selfish to someone else's detriment. I mean selfish to say, I can't watch this TV program because I have to work on my business plan. I can't do this because I have to do that. And sometimes it's abominable people that are around you because they don't understand that sometimes, you know, I don't know if you ever heard this before, sometimes boundary between good and great is a big boundary. If I want to reach the next plateau, then I have to structure my time and I have to structure my attitude is things that are nice to do, but are not need to do. I have to, you know, it's almost like being an adult. You have to do what they call strategic gratification. For you to be successful in anything, you have to learn strategic gratification. That's kind of what I mean by being selfish. I can't go have a good time all the time. I can't go to every party. I can't go to every function. Because I'm doing things with my business that I'm looking down the road that are going to be very profitable. And sometimes it's just not about the money. Sometimes you have to look at things as I can put that off because that's not immediate need right now. So I've been successful in my, with my business, writing my book, graduating with my doctorate. And I had to learn the art of strategic gratification, learning to put things off that are not priority and making things priority, priority. Yes, I understand. I, I understand that pretty good. One, one thing I need to work on is saying no. I, I tend to say yes to everything. I got to learn how to say no. And also, one thing I know is about the startup world, there's a lot of people there who like get start, caught up in the startup life. You know, they go to all the network events, they go to this, they go to that, but they forget they need mm-hmm. to build something to sell that to a customer. Absolutely. And it's not easy. It's, it's harder to do a startup than it is to get a job because you, you're starting from zero and you're the person that that key contact where that business runs. And so a lot of times you're going to be missing things and, you know, you have to be very strategic in what you do. Sometimes you may have to go out of town and do business and it may just not be where you just can say, I can't go to this event. Sometimes you got to say no. And I believe that's a flaw that we all have as our human beings is we, we want to be accommodating to people, but sometimes you have to be strategically selfish. I can't do all things for all people. I have to pick and choose and I have to prioritize. Because nobody's helping you with that business. If somebody, if you're going to go to a function and that function is you're going to make some key contacts, you're going to get your business cards out. We'll see. Well, that's, that justifies itself. But if you just go on to some, I don't know, a party, say a white party that we have here every year, yes. and you're not making any business contacts. You're just going around goofing off. And I'm not saying all work and all play, but you have to be strategic. Definitely. Make everything that you do about your business and make everything feed into your business. And if you can go to the white party like we have every year, <laughs> and you meet some other entrepreneurs, that's a great thing. So you don't, you just don't want to go have a good time. You want to make everything about building your business. And I'm not saying, you know, bombard people with your cards. And say, hey, I, I know you. I've heard about you. And I've seen you on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I'm very interested in probably talking some business with you. Here's my card. But maybe we can do lunch next week. And then, that's, you know, keep it light. That's great advice. All, oh, absolutely. And thank you, Jason. I just want to say this, too. I don't want to talk your ear off. We have to understand, we got to, if you're trying to build something, you're going to have to make sacrifices. And everybody's not going to be an entrepreneur. Everybody has a capacity to be an entrepreneur because being an entrepreneur is like this. It's like a very rare fraternity. 
many are called and few are chosen. And the few that are not chosen have to get a job because that's what they like to do, get a paycheck and whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, many are called and few are chosen. Some people are chosen to be billionaires. Some people are chosen to be millionaires. Some people are not chosen to be that. And that's what you have to figure out. That's very good advice. Now, next, let's talk about a time that you failed, what you learned from this failure, and what our listeners can learn from that failure. Oh, wow. I'll tell you an interesting story. That's a great question. It's funny. We're talking about this, Jason. I think I've learned more from my failures than I learned from my successes. One of the things I failed at when I was younger, when I was in my undergrad, I got on academic dismissal and I was kicked out of school because I didn't keep my grades up. I didn't do what I was supposed to do, okay? And that was a real reality check for me. It was a very difficult time in my life. And I said, I have nobody to blame but myself because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And when you, I, I remember a late coach, Dennis Green, used to say this. If you look in a mirror, Ask yourself a question. Did you do what you were supposed to do? Because that cuts out all the excuses. That cuts out somebody, somebody else's fault. When you can stand in the mirror and look at yourself and go, did I do what I was supposed to do? Did I do the best job that I could? Did I do everything within my power that I could? And if you can't answer that question honestly, then whatever happened to you happened to you for a reason. Well, that situation tore me apart. It was a very, very, it was just a, a time in my life where I was not inspired. And sometimes you learn things through the mud. And when that happened to me, that was a critical point in my life. And I said, I will never let myself fail. And failure now for me is relative. Failure to me is not getting a business deal. Well, that's not really a failure. I, I just didn't get that deal. And because of that, you want to hear a moral to the story or a silver lining to this cloud. My university did a write-up about me on their website saying I was one of the most successful graduates to come out of the school. And they wrote about me because of the article that was done with me being interviewed in Forbes. So that's my story. And that's, if there's anything I could inspire your listeners, I would say, Jason, sometimes you have to fail to be successful because failure is part of the learning process. And if you haven't failed, you haven't tried hard enough because failure is a part of success. That's what they don't tell us. For every guy that started the Facebook, for every guy that started Apple, for every guy that started Microsoft, for every guy that started God knows whatever, they had to fail at something to get to that point. We don't like failure. I'm a type A person. To me, I take it as failure is a reflection on me, and it's really not like that. You have to fail before you become successful. And when that critical point happened to me in my life, I said I would never fail at anything. And if I did my best and I failed, and I, I don't feel bad because I did the best that I could. I stood in front of the mirror and I said, did I do the best that I could and did I do everything possible that I was supposed to do in that situation? And if I can't honestly answer that question, then failure was the result of what I didn't do. So yes. that's what I failed at. And I failed early in my career and it was a critical <laughs> lesson that I had to learn. I know, I know one thing, the media, they already show the sexy part of startups, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Bill Gates, you uh -huh. know, jobs. They never saw, saw the unsexy part, you know, all the work, you know, all the working at midnight, all the late night hours, all the, you know, trying to recruit people to your team, you know, to work for free until you get some funding. They don't show that part. They only show the sexy part, so to speak. Absolutely. I totally agree, Jason. And I'll tell you one other, I'll tell you one other thing that'll go along with that is people don't like to talk about failure. Why? Because failure is not pretty. Failure is ugly. In, in America, we're so driven to be successful. But every guy that you see that's in the Forbes top 10, 20 billionaires, they have to fail. Let's look at our president. 
Absolutely. Yeah, he uh, started a company. I read about his book, and I read his uh, autobiography, and I read, I actually read three biographies on Sam Walton. He doesn't talk about this in his, but I read it another one. And the reason that he failed is he started a, I think when he was starting in retail, he worked for a guy and he was doing great. He was turning that company around. Well, the guy got rid of Sam Walton and hired his son. And Sam Walton was crushed and he ended up filing bankruptcy. And, uh, you know, that's an inspiring story. And I said, if Sam Walton, ex- successful as he is, filed bankruptcy and he, he turned that around, I don't have an excuse. You know what I mean? I don't have an excuse. I know. Sometimes... Uh, one of my things my dad used to tell me is it's better to learn failure and lessons from other people's experience rather than learn on your own. So that actually inspired me when I found out Sam Walton had filed for bankruptcy. He, he crashed and burned. Donald Trump, I don't know how many times he's filed bankruptcy, but he's successful in real estate. He owns a lot of property. You know, one of the things is sometimes it's just not your time. That's what, you know, that's what business is. Business is the, uh, like, the social Darwinism. It's just not your time. It's always somebody going to be in the marketplace that's more successful than you, and the marketplace dictates that. So if you take those lessons from Trump or whoever, just look at failure as a learning tool and try not to repeat it. And it's better to fail in earlier your career than later in your career because later in your career is more devastating. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. Learn, learn, oh, yeah. learn early. Learn from mistakes, mistakes early. Learn from your mistakes and try to learn from somebody else's mistakes rather than your own if you can. Oh, yeah, that's even the even the better way, Doctor Miles. How on a, how do you add value and how to solve problems every day? Well, you talking about for my clients or for me or for people around me? Which one? That's a really good question. Either, either way, whatever you want, feel like whatever you want to talk about. Okay, I tell you what. Let's talk about. We already know I help clients. We already yeah. know I make money doing that. So let's talk about uh, say my personal life, my relationships with people. Okay. I would say how I try to help people and solve problems. I try to empower people. And believe it or not, Jason, 90% of my work is helping women. Can you believe that? Actually, I can. That sounds pretty, pretty good. I don't know what it is. I have a magnetism, but I'm always helping women. I'm always helping women reach that next. You know what I like about working with women? I actually rather work with women than men because men, we have that rooster attitude. Give a guy some information. He's going to like, well, what do you know? You know, you know it's a man yeah. thing. I can't describe a man thing. I know. A man don't like taking advice from another man because it's, well, you got something on me. Who are you? But when you impart advice to women, they take it a lot better. I don't know why that is. Women are better listeners than men. Women are very uh, open to anything you suggest. And it's just, it's just a different dynamic. So 90% of my time away from my business is helping and empowering women. I try to help women uplift themselves. I'll, I help women entrepreneurs. I'm also, I do doctor work with uh, students. The majority of my students are female. They listen to what I tell them. They believe what I tell them. And, and it's really great. I really think about that, Jason. You know what I found out? When you help a man, it only stays with that man, right? But when you help a woman, that woman shares it with other women. That woman shares it with her kids. So when you help a woman, you help a whole community. You almost help a whole society. You, you bring up a so good I point. I try to find my way. Oh, absolutely. Come to think about it, I think about 95% of the women I offer help, they say they, they take it. And probably like 5% of the men offer take it. So I never thought about it, but that's a very good Right. Point. Women are just, you know, when, when a woman, I don't know, women have a different wisdom, Jason. They're like, 
you're giving me something you're not charging me for. You give me some advice I can use. I'm going to go ahead and take, I'm going to go ahead and ride this boat because you know what? You don't have to, too. You don't have to help them. I help people because I like to. I help people because I think I'm going to get a client. I don't help people because I think I'm going to get any money. I help people because I like to see people be successful. I especially like women to be successful. I'll see women be successful. Yes, I, I completely agree. So next, all of us get help from somebody. Next, I'd like you to talk, to, talk about somebody who helped you in the past and how that person helped you. Oh, goodness. I have so many mentors. I tell you somebody in my family that helped me. It was my Uncle Ralph Miles. My uncle passed away a few years ago. It was a really a big tragedy to us all. He was like the glue that held the family together. And the reason that I love statistics and the reason I became proficient in statistics is because of my uncle Ralph. He was a statistician with the government. And my uncle Ralph passed his wisdom on to me. And I'm, I cannot believe where I am from when he met me to where I am now. And had it not been for my uncle, I don't believe you would see this guy before you who's done all of these different things. My uncle was the one who stopped me from quitting school because I was going to give up my doctoral work when I was working on my PhD. It was one of the most difficult things I ever had to do in my life. And I'll tell everybody this who's considering getting a doctorate, even you, uh, Jason. The doctorate degree is 90% politics and 10% research. Okay. Yeah, seriously. That, what that means is it's not about what you do. It's not how hard you work. If somebody doesn't think they like you or somebody doesn't think you're ready, they will call you down. And my uncle was my saving grace. And I don't believe I would have graduated from school you know, unless my uncle was there to help me because my uncle made me love the art of statistics. I never liked the time I had to take, but my uncle, he touched my soul by helping me see the beauty of numbers and statistics. And ever since that I, I was mentored by my uncle, I've been very successful at being a statistician. I've been getting contracts. I didn't got, I'm known around some of the world, not the world, I wouldn't say the world, but nationally with some of the research that I've done. Case in point, you talk about somebody that touched my soul and helped me be successful. Well, the Academy of Business has a conference every year, and I, I won Best Research on Marketing and Economics four times. I'm a four-time winner. And all of those studies that I won awards for are based on statistical work that I've done. And I won it four times. That's impressive. And that's not me. Oh, thank you. That is not me that you see. That's how I was guided by my uncle. And I have to pay homage to my Uncle Ralph Miles. That's he touched good. my soul. That's good to thank hear. You. Next, tell us something about you that most people don't know. Like close family might know, close friends might know. But something where like Dr. Miles does that, you know, something that will totally surprise people that you do or they don't know about you. Oh, goodness. Well... Something that uh, most people don't know is I'm a musician and I recorded seven or eight albums and I used to play in a heavy metal rock and roll band. Wow. I used to have long hair, supposed to get a record deal and that didn't happen. So life happens. Now that is an interesting we story. Yeah, I am an accomplished guitarist. I've been playing guitar for about over 20 years. I recorded seven, eight albums and that was just... I had no idea that where I was going with it. And I have, I'm thinking about putting my music on iTunes. I've recorded music over the past 15, 20 years. I've never uploaded to iTunes. Actually, I'm considering working on a new album with my colleague. We're, I'm, I'm, we're talking in the early stages of it. But yeah, that's something people probably didn't know about. You are, you're a true renaissance man then. You do everything well. A little bit. Probably do everything okay, but not good <laughs> at anything. But... <laughs> So, Dr. Miles, do you have anything you'd like to um, offer our guests? 
sure I, I was thinking about this when we were talking about getting ready for the interview, and I like to give people probably two pieces of advice for your listeners. I want you to think about this. What you do between the hours of 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. will determine where you end up in life. Think about that. What you do between the hours of 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. will determine where you end up in life. And I have another piece of advice. What you do between the ages of 18 and 25 will determine where you end up in life. Those years between 18 and 25 are the most critical part, critical years of your life. And what you do between those years will determine where you end up in life. If you do something nonproductive, you will have an end goal of being somewhere where you don't want to be. If you do something productive, you'll be very prosperous. So think about this. I tell my children this as well, my two daughters. What you do between the ages of 18 and 25 will determine where you end up in life. It's very deep. I know I read somewhere where it says, you know, if you want to meet your goals, you can't work nine to five. You got to do more than that. I totally agree with that. I totally, they don't, they don't teach, when, they, when you get a job, Jason, what, what is a job? A job is to pay you enough money so you don't go on the debt, you pay your bills, so you stay at a job, hopefully, 20, 30 years, you have a nice little pension, and then you retire. Is that a life that people want to live right now? We, we, we're in a different age. Yes, we are. Entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs want what they want now. They don't wait, want to wait 20 or 30 years. You know what that paradigm is, Jason? That's the industrial revolution paradigm, and that paradigm is over. Yes, We're in a is. new revolution. We're in an information revolution. If it's obsolete very quick, you get left behind. So people, nobody stays at a job 20 or 30 years. I know I didn't when I was in a, when I was in a rat race because people are obsolete very quickly. Your degree could be obsolete. Your field of study could be obsolete. Your certifications could be obsolete. So you always have to be on the cutting edge of what's out there so you can be competitive, especially when you're trying to get clients. You can't just be stagnant. You can't be like a stick in the mud. You have to grow and evolve. Every year you should be learning something new, traveling. And the only things, only two people don't change. Stupid people and dead people. Okay? (laughs) So true. Absolutely. So, Dr. Miles, do you, do you have any uh, social media platforms that people can re- connect with, with you on, too? Absolutely. I'm all over LinkedIn. I, uh, I might have my website, mdicoventures.com, and I also have some freebies for uh, people that are listening to me on the, this interview. I have some uh, workshops that I've done on startups, on marketing, on ResearchGate. If you type in my name, DeAnthony Miles, and go on ResearchGate, I got. I have probably about sixty materials of workshops that I've done. I presented at Stanford University. I got invited to Harvard. I have some workshops and things I've done. I have uh, articles that I've written, and uh, I'm about empowering people. And if there's anything on my website that you can get and uh, help you out or give you some knowledge that you never had before, that makes me feel good. So if you go to ResearchGate, I have a lot of free material. You don't have to pay anything. And for our listeners, we're going to have uh, links to all the all these materials on the show notes, which will be available yeah. at www.cabinetshr.com. So we'll have links to social media, his books. We have links to everything for you. Oh, that would be great. I, I definitely like to empower people and share my knowledge with people. And like I said, I failed my way of being successful. And what I will share with your listeners is success and failure are the flip side of each other. It's how your, your perspective of it. Now, I remember I heard Damon John say something to guy on Shark Tank. He said, 20% is only what happens to you. 80% is how you deal with it. Just more good advice. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. It's definitely your perspective, you know, because one person might be succeeding. It might be somebody else's failure, you know, or or vice versa. You never know what somebody's definition of success is. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that's a takeoff of what uh, Henry Ford used to say. If you think you're a fail, if you think you're a failure, you're probably right. If you think you're a success, you're probably right. What's the difference between the two statements? <laughs> really, there's no what you difference. Believe. It's what you believe. And if you think you're a failure, well, you are a failure. If you think you're successful, then you are successful. So we, you know, we have to impart that type of mentality in our kids. What you think is very dangerous. How you think and how you perceive yourself, that's how you attract different magnetism and different energy from people. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you tend to exude that behavior in your uh, body language. So, yeah, absolutely. That is so true. So, Dr. Miles, before we end the episode, do you have any last words of advice for our listeners? Yes. Advice I want to give to people is try to always be positive. Try to always put good people around you and always try to stay away from negative energy and jealousy. And one of the things that I've noticed in my career and I can share with you is there's always somebody that's part of the negative fraternity. And what I mean by the negative fraternity is they believe they can tell you what you're good at and what you can't do and how far you can go. And those people need to keep them out of your life. And successful as I am, I still deal with haters. I still deal with people part of the negative fraternity. And sometimes, uh, you know, you have to have philosophy like this, Jason. If when you deal, when you get rain, you have to deal with the mud. And if you don't have any haters, you haven't been successful. Now, how part of the uh, haters are part of structure or part of the lifestyle of being successful. You're, the more successful you are, the more haters you're going to have. You have to block those people out. Yes, Matter of fact, your biggest haters are people who think that they're better than you, but they don't do what you do. They don't do anything like what you do, or they don't take, they don't make the attempt to do what you do. And sometimes you can't please everybody. And a man that tries to please everybody ends up destroying himself. That's so very true. stay away from haters and don't give haters any of your energy and keep negative energy away from you. More great advice. Thank you for that. Jason, I appreciate it. It's been a blast. Thank you very much for being on the show. I, I really appreciate it being my first guest. It really means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Yeah, I want to see you be successful. <laughs> yes, thank you. Hey, I'm trying my best. Absolutely. To our listeners, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. I know you have a lot of things you do with your time, and I hope this it gives you a lot of value. And remember to be great every day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cadmus HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit CadmusHR.com or connect to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cadmus HR or Jason Cadmus HR on Snapchat. Thanks again, and be great every day.